Welcome to Chinchilla Squeaks. Yes, I have finally changed the name from the weekly squeak because it wasn't really weekly anymore. In fact, this week I have three. So, <laughs> so yeah, I needed a more generic name. Um, my guests today on this interview are, ignore the title, slightly wrong, are Adrian and Amanda from Streamlit. Have I pronounced that correctly to begin with? Streamlit. Yeah, yep. perfectly. So what is Streamlit? I Actually, the website is very, very bold and nice big fonts, unless I inadvertently zoomed in and forgot about it. <laughs> um, and there's lots of Lots of nice graphics showing me what I can do, but let's let's have a, a kind of one sentence summary. What is Streamlit? Yeah, uh, Streamlit lets uh, analytic professionals, data scientists, machine learning engineers, um, business analysts uh, create interactive apps that let them and share them without their organization throughout their organization. Okay. So um, lets them basically take the work that they're doing, which is often some of the highest value work in the company um, and mixtures of data, of machine learning models, of predictions about the future, geographic data, and uh, gives them a sort of superpower to wrap that into an experience that then can be used by business analysts and salespeople and so on without having to ask permission from anyone else. And this, I mean, actually uh, an immediate thing that jumps out as me is something like um, data journalism as well. Maybe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I think that that's. Uh, I think that that's a great analogy. And and one of the really cool things about Streamlit is that uh, it's only two years old, um, but it's had a remarkable sort of double resonance, which is which is really exciting. Um, so on the one hand, it's used at huge companies like Uber as part of their data science platform and Seven Eleven, and there's all kinds of interesting use cases for this sort of next generation of um, AI-enabled apps that are sort of helping to run a company. And on the other hand, there's a huge open source community of people creating COVID trackers and face generators and uh, exploring, <laughs> you know, the Star Wars universe with machine learning, and they're just publishing these apps in Streamlit. And so um, it's super energizing as a company to be able to. Uh, straddle these two worlds, and, and it's obviously it's exciting for us to be able to build technology that has that kind of, um, you know, cross-cutting uh, impact. Let's go back a step for a minute. I always kind of like to 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 ask this first before we dig into details. What prompted you to want to create the company together in the first place? What problem were you trying to solve? Where were you before? What were you fed up with using? <laughs> et cetera, et cetera. Um, well, uh, I'll first say that there's actually a third co-founder, uh, Tiago. Okay. So there's actually three of us who started the company together. Um, and uh, Amanda, do you want to tell our origin story? <laughs> <laughs> well, I think, yeah, there's multiple stages of the origin story, but um, all of us three co-founders, we met at Google X like almost okay. a decade ago. Um, so Adrian had been pulled out of Carnegie Mellon, um, and, and we all kind of ran this NLP project together. And when that wound down, we all kind of looked at each other and we were like, we want to do this again, right? This was, it was fun working with each other. It was fun building a company. And so we all kind of went our separate ways. Adrian and I actually both went to Zooks, which is a self-driving car company. Mm-hmm. Um, and when Adrian left, he started kind of tinkering on the side. And I think it, one of the reasons I think Streamlit resonates so well today is because Adrian, as a machine learning engineer and professional, was, was trying to build a tool that he wanted, right? These were problems that we saw when we were at Google X and Zooks, which was just you know, you have this data, you have this model, you wanted to put it in some way where you could send it to someone and say, look at this thing that I'm doing, right? What do you think about it? 
right? Or even, you know, put it in a context where they could use it, right, as a tool. Um, and that's, you know, Adrian was was prototyping it and he showed it to Tiago and Tiago was like, oh, I get this. This is interesting. And Tiago jumped on board. Um, and then they showed it to me and I was like, I, I don't get it. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, they had to come back to me twice. I was also pregnant at the time. And uh, wasn't I mean, it's our MBA, you know, yeah, I am. <laughs> uh, I a business person. But, but finally, kind of when they showed it to me for the thing, I really got it because as working as a product uh, manager, you know, an operations professional, Right. You know, I was like, oh, this enables me as someone who doesn't code right on a day to day basis to actively interact with the data and the models. And that's extremely powerful because that's going to help me, you know, do my job better. And, and, and this is going to help a lot of people. And so I'd that's actually I like to go into that a little bit more, though, with you, Amanda, because everywhere on the website, I see Python, I see code. Mm-hmm. Um, but you say you can interact with things as well. So is there another side here that I'm not seeing from the homepage? Or is it just yes. that the code is pretty simple and you could, anyone, quote unquote, could change it? Um, well, I think that is definitely true, right? So I am yeah. definitely not, you know, a Python professional, but I've learned Python enough and, and Streamlit is so easy um, that, that I can use it, right, with kind of a couple of tutorials. So we have hackathons every couple of months and I actively you know, hack and streamlet. But but what I was referring to more is the fact that, you know, if Adrian and I were coworkers, right, and he's the one working on a model, but I'm the one who needs to, you know, take that recommendation system and then present those recommendations to customers, right? We can work together. I can say, this is what I need, right? Adrian can say, oh, I have a model that fits that. And now okay. he can make an app that I can then use in my day-to-day, you know, marketing or sales or, you know, whatever role that I'm using and actually take that kind of, you know, AI data, whatever it was, and, and drive those insights into the business. And as far as I can see, you do have things like uh, widgets. So if someone defines a variable somehow, then the the consumer can play with that widget to change the values at least. So if you construct the streamlet in the right way, you don't have to be a developer to experiment, I suppose. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, yeah. Okay. A hundred percent. Okay. Um, and are these all embeddable on third-party sites and things like that? So uh, we are seeing that happen more and more. So, for example, University of Pennsylvania uh, created a sort of uh, – really important viral tracker like nationally in streamlet that was i framed into their site okay. uh, and increasingly we're seeing uh a, a totally unexpected you know when we built streamlet it was for the purpose of we thought internal tooling uh at companies and that was the that was the problem we saw to solve um but it has turned out that uh the 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 you know the project has resonated far beyond that, uh, and I think it, I, I really think it's just because of this sort of very very developer centric like super ease of use and, and fun. We always make everything kind of fun and a little bit um, whimsical, and and so all of a sudden um, we're seeing totally new use cases crop up, which is really exciting. It's like the sort of best case scenario and also very distracting, uh, especially when you know you can go to Silicon Valley and raise a lot of money because you can sort of get totally lost in this. One of the new use cases that's really cropped up majorly is people building Streamlit apps for their customers. So they actually want it to be externally facing and they want to embed it in something else. So people are sort of hacking around this and making it work. And, and actually one of the really interesting questions for us as a company is, okay, so is this... Uh, supported use case and and you know from a business perspective and also from a feature perspective and everything else so um so yeah it, it, that that's something that's cropping up uh but our 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 core use case is 
you click a button and you get this URL and then that URL is shareable and that's a sort of atomic unit in and of itself. And that's this, uh, so this new uh, streamlit sharing feature? That's exactly right. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that's been, that's how uh, we allow developers to uh, deploy their apps. And that's kind of the bridge between the open source sort of virally popular app creation framework uh, in Python and then the sort of uh, enterprise uh, uh, product that we're selling. So actually there's two bits there I would kind of like to to pull together. Um, let's let's stay with the sharing and then go back. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, because one thing you mentioned on the sharing is um, a sort of combination or an integration, however you want to call it, with GitHub. Um, how does how does that work? And this is a fairly my audience is fairly developer heavy, so we can we can go into detail about what that means, no problems. Um, but what what how does that connect? Yeah. Um, uh, so uh, I'll, I'll let perhaps you take this from the user perspective, but I'll give the developer perspective really quickly, uh, which is um, uh, we had this super cool idea, and then it turns out that everyone had it at the same time. So uh, the way to think about it is, is very, it's exactly like um, uh, Vercel uh, okay. or Netlify, which yep. is you just put your code in GitHub. Uh, it, from your perspective, it just feels like you're checking code into a repo, you're not doing anything else, uh, just putting code in repo, and then magically this website appears. Uh, why is that such a good idea? Well, uh, for one thing, you know, GitHub and really Git is this incredible language for collaboration. It's like that, in some sense, like civilizationally, like the best collaboration platform ever invented. You can see, you know, and just fork things and comment on other people's things and then very controlled way bring them all together. And I think it's one of the major reasons software engineering has continued to scale in terms of the, the size of the projects that are possible. Uh, and so we bring that to the, to, we, we give you all that power. Uh, and, but, you know, it's, it feels just like putting code into a repository, but suddenly you get this app and the app can be branched, the app can be versioned, all this cool stuff. So you use the Python plus the Streamlit additions, mm-hmm. you hook it up somehow mm-hmm. with a, a GitHub app, for example, and then... Once you exactly. merge or push to a certain branch, you get a link generated that you can. One hundred percent, yeah. And then, and if you push a new, if you push a new version, uh, you don't even get a new link. You just the web page just reloads, yep. and then all of a sudden the new app's there. So it's super. Uh, you know, it, it's all about we want to have the data scientist, uh, let's say, the machine learning engineer, really learn nothing else, mm-hmm. almost just use only tools they already know. And yet suddenly they have this superpower that before you had to hire a team to do it or buy hire contractors or like learn all this crazy new technology. And so that is like, that's super empowering. And I, and I feel like this was a community that was like hungering for this tool. And I think we just came in at the right time and provided it. So that's, that's kind of explains the resonance. So give me your side, Amanda, because then I have a follow-up question where I feel like there's an obvious question to ask at this point, but let's, let's stay a little bit more on this sharing feature. So, um, you know, for us, really, we want you to be able to make and deploy an app within an afternoon. Mm -hmm. Um, And so kind of everything we do at Streamlit, like, um, you know, people have said, like, we we think things through maybe maybe too much in terms of how (laughs) things really elegant and beautiful. But like 
we're trying to take everything that's kind of, you know, frustrating about the flow and make it into like one button click, right, or, or one function call. And that's really kind of the core of Streamlit. And so when we were developing sharing, and when we first launched the, the open source project, the number one thing people said was like, great, I've made this fantastic app and it lives on my computer, right? And mm-hmm. and people started spinning up all these guides of, you know, well, here's how, you know, you, you Dockerify it or how you put in Heroku. But I was in a meeting yesterday with a rather large company who is still like, yeah, basically what I do is it's on my, you know, local host. And then you know, if, if somebody needs access, I, you know, I basically poke a hole, right. And kind of let them do that while it's running on yep. my laptop, yep, you know, yep, yep. <laughs> and, uh, yep. and it's because it's a different skill set, right. It's a DevOps mm-hmm. skill set. And so, you know, we wanted to make sure from the developer side, right. Yes. That they could have that one click, but then also, right. Because this is going out to so many of the non-technical users, right. You know, I, I remember I was talking to this, um, this hedge fund and they're like, my hedge fund managers can't manage anything beyond basically URLs and email, right? You know, I can't say go to this tool and log in and do that. I have to be able to just to send a link and say, hey, you know, Google adjust Docs this slide. Or something like that. Mm-hmm. Which, which exactly, is right? And so it makes yeah. it really, really easy to share when you just have to point people to a URL and say, you know, go explore the data yourself. Mm-hmm. And actually now I'm looking at your gallery and some of what you were saying, I'm starting to get all sorts of ideas from my own <laughs> um, use case. And the first yeah. one I saw in your gallery was analyzing your Goodreads reading habits, which is... <laughs> It's one I yeah. could do. I don't know if anyone's interested, but I do. <laughs> so I do definitely have one there. Um, I'm starting to think of all sorts of things. I'm trying to think now of some things I've wanted to visualize on my site that I could use. I'm not a massive uh, Python person, but I have actually the NLP and language. I think now I'm just getting distracted. Here we go. Can well, you're you're in our you are in our target usage uh, sort of because we really it's it's exactly what Amanda said. We don't want you to have to learn a lot. Uh, you, in fact, you know, the, the trade-off is uh, with Streamlit, you are going to get less customizability. Uh, you are going to get, uh, we're not trying to create a system in which you could build, you know, Twitter or something like that. Uh, this is not Ruby on Rails. But, this but is, actually, so, so there's a good point because this is where I, one of the ideas mm-hmm. I've been having for some time that I'm seeing, like you've got NLP here with Spacey or however they pronounce it. Mm-hmm. Um and these are some of the ideas I've been having, especially around NLP as a, someone who's interested in, in writing and technical writing. But one thing I'm starting to think already in terms of models is what are your limitations? Because, you know, a right. data model can often be gigabytes, terabytes mm-hmm. in size. Mm-hmm. So what are your limitations? What are your restrictions to stop me completely abusing the platform? <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um uh, that's a actually a very interesting question. So, the, the practi- as a practical matter, uh, if you run Streamlit as an open source project on your laptop or on your cluster, you know the sky is the limit. Uh, you can right, throw, sure. uh, you know, EC2 mega ultra x so instance at it. Yeah. Okay. Okay. If you do it that way, if you yeah. if you provide it on our services, yeah. uh, we do have um, a standard. Uh, uh, set of compute that we give everyone. I, I, Amanda, do you have one of this? Oh my goodness, we just changed it, so I'd have to look it up again. Yeah, so you get a couple of gigs of RAM, and then you're going to get a reasonable processor. And then we have not uh, one of the one of the requests that we're getting, especially from the ML community, is of course, oh, I need, I have this huge model. You know, how can I do this in less than eight gigs of RAM? Or I need, you know, mega GPUs and so forth. And uh, uh, I'll tell I'll tell both your audience and our community if they're interested. On a case by case basis, we have been upgrading people's compute 
but we haven't yet. We don't have a good standard process for that, to be honest. And so I think it's one of those things where actually we look at it and we say, maybe there's a business here. It's a very reasonable request. We want to make sure that not only simpler workflows, but really beautiful machine learning, you know, demos and stuff are run super smoothly on Streamlit. Uh, so right now it's a case-by-case basis. We'll upgrade people's computer. Uh, and, okay. and then again, if you want to run it on your computer, you know, there's no technical limit there. It's just... And that's similar with the, the GitHub process. I could opt into whether I host it with you or myself or... That's right. Yeah. Yeah. So we don't... Uh, we don't... It, at, at the core of Streamlit is a true open source uh, project. Uh, 100% uh, uh, um, <laughs> the license you had at you too. Um, do you remember who had that? It's one of the most permissive licenses. Anyway, the, the fact point is, police um, are coming to get you as well by the same well, yeah, I know, I know, I know. <laughs> um, uh, let me let me double check because the fact police, I would be very uh, sad if they uh, come to get us. Um, Apache too, yeah. Apache too, yeah. <laughs> so anyway, that's that's like you know one of the most permissive licenses, and so it lets you do basically anything. You can use it. You know, we, when we see companies like Uber use Streamlit, uh, they're they're actually not paying us; they're just using the open source software, and they're building it into a whole infrastructure that they have. And for us, that's great. We you know we we think that the open source project should and must exist in this world, and we are 100 percent committed to supporting it and developing it, and a huge amount of effort into that. So actually, I've still got this question I've had in my mind at the back of my head for a while, but I think we're slowly answering it um, because one of your announcements is uh, 35 billion Series B. And I mean, I've worked with a lot of open source companies and I kind of know sort of how this goes. Um, but yeah, how are you planning to monetize then? Because so far it sounds like you're giving a lot of it away, which we know can take you so far. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, and so what's what's the plan for that? Or what are you doing that you intend to expand? Amanda, you want to take this? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so I think, you know, um, one of the great things about Streamlit is, is there is this very clear workflow, right, where there's the building part of the app, and that's what the open source project does for you. And, and we're continuing to add to the library. You know, we just added theming, programmable states coming. Like We're putting a lot of investment into making this a fantastic library so you can build any type of app right, that you want with Streamlit. But once you build that app, it was just like I was saying before, right, it's stuck on, on your laptop, right? You, you need yep. to get it kind of into this deployed state. And so Streamlit Sharing offers that for free because we believe that's the right thing to do for the community, right? When, when you have developed a new NLP model like or, or a COVID dashboard, right, you want to share with the world, there should be an easy and free way to do that. But companies need that in a, in a secure Right, environment. They need mm-hmm. to lock that down to a certain set of viewers, you know, have the data they go through certain pipelines. That's what we offer as a paid service. Right. So we call okay. that Streamlit for Teams. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, we've been in beta for a bit with a number of companies and we're expanding that. So if, if you've been waiting, if you're on the line and you're like, where is my invite? I can tell you it's, it's coming soon. We're sending out a lot more emails um, to kind of let you know exactly where you kind of are on the wait list. But um, yeah, we're really looking forward to expanding that a lot this year in terms of uh, access to companies. So basically, if what you're doing is open source and your data is open and you don't really care if people are seeing it or changing it through standard kind of version control models, you probably don't need to pay. If you want control, then you probably do. And I guess you can go down a kind of a Netlify model here as well. Um, 
and actually now I had a I was gonna I was going somewhere <laughs> with that and I've lost my train of thought. But you know, initially they gave a lot away, but they're doing pretty yeah. well by adding lots of things on top that mm. enough people need. <laughs> yeah. I suppose. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cool. And then this was going to be the question I've had at the back of my mind for a while, but now you've kind of already explained that the core is open source. It's kind of answering it. So I think I might rephrase it in that the Python ecosystem for this kind of data processing, data visualization is pretty um, broad and pretty mature. So what, what does Streamlit, what, what did you add that didn't exist before, I guess, in that ecosystem? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, uh, it was uh, very mature on the data processing side. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, there was actually an amazing wealth of, of visualization uh, if you were wanting to work in a notebook, for example, which yep. was the, you uh, know, the, 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 ex- yep. the exploration side. Um, but our observation uh, was that the next step in the workflow was actually you, you kind of fell off a cliff which was uh, now I want to, you know, let's say you're, you and I have uh, uh, sent me some requests and I've done some processing in a notebook six times and all of a sudden this is starting to become a process in the company, something that we have to do over and over again, something that other people need to be able to see without mm-hmm. typing Python code in a notebook. How does that work? Uh, and this is a problem that I saw at Google. Uh, we saw at Zooks building self-driving cars. It's, it happens every single time. And it was just really remarkably like, you know, it, it, it was hard. You could hire a team to build an app and then, you know, that was actually, you get a great app. Uh, but, but, you know, then all of a sudden it becomes part of the IP of the company, but it's very slow iteration cycles. It's actually very expensive. Um, or the data scientists, if it was really like a critical need, they'd be like, okay, I'm just going to create some flask thing and you can, you know, you can change the URL parameters and it's going to pop some HTML. That was, that was really the state of the art. And I think it, so in that gap, we just came out and said, Hey, you know what, there's, there's actually a class of apps here. There's a class of communication, of, 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 there's a workflow here that's just, it doesn't need to be this hard. Uh, if you know Python, if you're a data scientist, you already know 99. If you know Jupyter, you already know 99% of what you need to know. So here's a way of bringing that all together and creating something that's really valuable to the whole company. And that, that uh, you know, I think that we have kind of crystallized that workflow uh, and and the the proof is in the pudding. I mean, uh, uh, you know, uh, Streamlit apps are going to be used by uh, tens of thousands of, or are used by tens of thousands of data scientists today, and they're viewed millions of times. So there's a huge gap there. In other words, our user community is building things which are very valuable for the broader world, uh, and and it just keeps growing. So uh, so that that's that I think is the. The, the problem that we saw and that, okay. that we really got in front of. Okay. And I mean, you said it's under an Apache license. It is on 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 GitHub or GitLab or somewhere, mm-hmm. yeah. Because mm-hmm. it's strange. The, I don't see a link anywhere, but I guess I, I could find it. Uh, yeah, it's on. Um, uh, I think uh, it's street, GitHub.com/streamlet/streamlet. Um, I'll take your word for it. I don't know. It's, yeah. it's sort of yeah, strangely yeah. hidden on the website, but that's... Uh, um, we redesigned it, but it's, it's down in the very bottom if you go look at the um, uh, the footnote. There's a GitHub oh, link on. down there. My cookie uh, pop-up was in the way. <laughs> oh, there, it is. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. That's happened to me many times. Um, oh, yeah, and I see... 
And is there much of a a community outside of you working on the the library? Yeah. Um, so that's that's an interesting um, uh, issue right now, which is that we are getting uh, uh, more and more, and at this point, sort of a lot of pull requests from the community, um, and. As that's both super exciting, and we want to basically, you know, we we want to find a way to supercharge development with uh, with community involvement. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, also, um, you know, we also have a very a roadmap, and we have a lot of you know ways that we do testing and code reviews and so forth. And so, um, actually, an interesting problem that we're thinking about in the in the in the um, uh, in the company right now is how can we basically take this groundswell of community excitement to like contribute to Streamlit and channel it into a rational, hyper fast development cycle. Um, So I was just speaking with the CEO, uh, the former CEO and founder of Docker yesterday. And we were talking about um, Solomon hikes. We were talking about how do you channel the, you know, the the energy of a community into a a commercial, you know, a commercial open source product. It's a a super interesting question. It's a common problem many have. And they're an interesting example in that Docker is almost a synonymous word for containers. And yet Docker as a company struggled Mm -hmm. a lot (laughs) to Mm -hmm. monetize. You know, everyone knows what Docker is, but who uses Docker the company? Yeah, 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 yeah. Mm, you know, and that's uh, that's yeah. often a problem. And I've worked at a lot of open source companies where you end up being your biggest competition if you're trying to monetize mm-hmm. and things like that, mm-hmm. which is another mm-hmm. whole other problem. Um, yeah. Though that's probably a bigger discussion. I guess the, the the more interesting question is how does the company balance the mm-hmm the community ideas and contributions with your own roadmap? I mean, have there been many cases where something has come from the community that you think is amazing or the opposite? You've had to kind of say, well, this is great, but it doesn't really suit the vision, you know, that kind of thing. Do you, do you want to go ahead with this, Amanda? Yeah, I think, you know, you can check our release notes and quite often in our release notes, we, we say, you know, thank you to someone, you know, for, for this or that. Uh, we also have a whole components platform that yeah. allows people yeah. to kind of, you know, take arbitrary JavaScript and, and put it into something that can be used. And so we have a lot of community contributions there. Um, you know, I think that uh, we also have a group of creators, which is uh, kind of named individuals uh, who add a lot of insight into the roadmap um, and a kind of a lot of extra help in doing these things. So a lot of really fantastic contributions have come from that. I think that sometimes, you know, one of the harder things is that, you know, we're we're producing regularly, you know, and releasing every couple of weeks, but we're also working on bigger things like, for example, um, state, right, or theming were things that were in the works for a long time. Yeah. And so you'll see some people who if you're not inside the company, you might not know exactly what's going on with that. And yeah. so you may try to introduce a change that's actually going to break right okay. when we introduce this new concept. And so that's been something that we're still working on with, like, how can we give more insight to the community about what's coming Right. You know, so both so that they can contribute and be a part of it, but but also so that we don't, you know, have a situation that would be frustrating for them where they put in a bunch of time thinking about something. And then we're like, that's yeah. great. But next release, it's going to break. Yeah. OK, fair enough. So let's just um, we looked at the sharing, uh, the the funding round, which is actually pretty significant as well. How, how old is the company? You said 10 years or? Uh, two years. Oh, two years. Okay, well, that's good. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's pretty good then. And the theming. So you've mentioned this theming a few times. Is that um, is that something I do in code or somewhere else, or how does how does that work? 
Yeah, Adrian, do you want to explain how theming works? Um, sure. Uh, yeah. So basically, um, you uh, it's done uh, in code because we're a code first company, uh, but uh, we, you can also do previews live, and then it'll sort of write the code for you. Um, so, so best of both worlds. You get all the power of GitHub and all the fun stuff. Um, the 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 other thing that uh, I think is neat is that we really put a lot of effort into um, always the goal is to not have there be sharp edges, to have the whole experience be magical from end to end. So, for example, if you set a primary and secondary color in our theme, we will do our best to actually transfer that color into the plotting libraries that you're using. Yeah. Yet, uh, you know, if you're using uh, Altair for plotting, we can actually pipe that in. And so... Yeah. Um, you, you may not even realize that we're doing all this work for you. It's just, you know, uh, but that's the goal. A lot of times, I think, with especially with programming technologies, the deeper you get into it, the more you realize there's all yep. these sharp edges. And I think one of the really secrets of stream of success is that uh, the deeper you get into it, the more you're like, oh, okay, this is actually really cool. Uh, it's it's cool. The, yeah. And that happens rarely, so that's nice to hear. <laughs> All right, two final questions. Um, one, just as a, a, a project that obviously gets a lot of people putting things into it and doing crazy things with it, what's what's been um, one of the, uh, the the creations you've seen that surprised you the most or made you just amazed that someone did that? That's a good question. I think, you know, there's there's like really technically complex things that people do where we're always kind of like, wow, we, you know, didn't even know, right. You could do that. Um, I would say the the most fun one I saw last week was somebody had taken a whole bunch of data from Star Trek um, and you could go and you could look and see like the relationships between characters across episodes yeah. and like how much they discussed and things. And as a, as a big Star Trek nerd, I was like going in there and being like, can we figure out the relationship between, you know, like Riker and, you know, like by like plotting it over time. And so, um, yeah, there's, there's a lot of creativity there in the community. <laughs> Surely it should have been Star Wars in the past week, but anyway, <laughs> it's, uh, it's fantastic. And what's on the roadmap? What's happening in the next six months? Uh, so the big thing that's on the roadmap is uh, the release of Streamit for Teams or the coming out of data for Streamit for Teams. Um, so that is, uh, on the one hand, it's, uh, you might say it's less glamorous than some of the, you know, automatic webcam support into your real time computer vision model, cool demo style work. Uh, but on the other hand, um, it's tremendously, tremendously exciting for us to mm. see, uh, Streamlit become embedded into the workflow of, of big companies and, and, uh, and, and actually watch, you know, decisions get made based on Streamlit apps. Uh, and, and in some cases, you know, we, we were talking with 7-Eleven and they said, Streamlit has changed the way we hire for our data science team. We no longer hire UI engineers as a separate category. It's just <laughs> data scientists. It's turtles all the way down. Uh, because, because it's, you know, we've essentially, Streamlit has, has, has changed the structure of the organization, obviously. Yeah. On huge companies. So, this is, that's really exciting. So, so and UI engineers know who to contact. No. That's not- <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I hope your audience doesn't have any UI engineers in it. I hope. <laughs> so thanks very much for your time. Actually, I have another stream I do where I get hands-on with the technology, and I think I'm going to add add you to the list because I really want to try Yay. some ideas, actually. Yay! Um, oh, that's so cool. I should have done it before this one. I <laughs> 
it's 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 nice that there's one that I can without having to sign up and things like that. I guess. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. if anyone's interested, that's streamlit.io. And just in case anyone's confused by my pronunciation, that's streamlit.io. Um, and yeah, Adrian and Amanda, thank you very much for joining me. Thank you, Chris. It's been wonderful. Thanks so much. Super fun.